everyone, welcome to this special episode of the Global Disease Biology Practicum Pods Peer Advisor Edition. In this podcast series, we will be talking about research projects with current and former GDB students. All students in the major are required to complete the practicum project before graduation. This project involves students finding a faculty mentor, conducting research under this mentor's guidance, and turning their research experiences into a publishable scientific manuscript. Tune into Practicum Pods to learn more about research, mentors, and the GDB practicum experience. Welcome to the pod. I'm your host, Indira, and I'm a current GDB student and a peer advisor. I use she, her pronouns. Today, I'm joined on the show by the lovely peer advisor, Raphael Recon. Uh, he is a current GDB student working on amazing research on campus. In this month's special edition peer podcast, we're going to focus on gaining experience in campus research in general, not just related to the GDP practicum project. We're also going to be discussing specific methods to locate, interview for, and successfully gain research positions. So let's jump right in. Raf, can you tell us a little more about what topic you do research on and why that topic interests you? So I'm part of a clinical research internship, and we do a lot of topics. The topics aren't chosen by the students because in clinical research um, it's not really up to there's not really a lot of room for students to take initiative since we're dealing with sensitive information we're given projects by the by the administrative team projects that have been started by uh, residents for their research year especially if they're in the surgical um, residency or by attending doctors but they do try to match it to your interests a few of the projects i've worked on include ones with um and incidental findings found in acute care surgery patients, as well as uh, palliative care. And the project I'm using for my practicum involves a kind of high-risk operation with a specific type of tumor on a blood vessel that the vascular and neurology departments work together on. So that being said, since my um, since my interests don't really define the research that I um, that I get to take on. Um, I guess I'm just research, I'm interested in clinical research as a whole because, one, I am a pre-medical student, so I want to learn about the techniques and the way we approach care, the patient outcomes, not just from an intervention standpoint, but also from an interaction standpoint, and how I can apply those lessons to my own practice to be a kinder, more effective uh, healthcare provider. And number two, honestly, it's just really, really interesting, all the all the stuff that goes into taking care of a patient. And number three, honestly, one of the be better things about the research is not necessarily the the type of research, I mean, the type of topic that I study, but who I study it with and all the people that I get to work with and learn under. Yeah, that that's awesome. And then I, I can also speak to my own experience with the, uh, with my research positions. So I do research with both a developmental psychology lab called the Social Environment and Stress Lab. And I also work with the UC Davis Perinatal Origins of Disparity Center or the POD Center. And these topics both interest me because they have to do with uh, social determinants of health and how our environments um, and exposures to different um, toxins and different socioeconomic statuses and different um, assurance statuses can all affect both the psychology of a developing child and 
for the health of the mother and the baby as they're going through a pregnancy and delivering and then uh, dealing with infant care after that. So I'm really interested in how our environment and how those topics interest me. Um, and I am interested in pursuing public health. So this is all definitely within that realm. So I'm going to jump into my next question now. Raf, how did you find your research mentors and what worked and what didn't work? Because we give students a lot of different choices or methods to find research mentors, but I'm curious what worked for you. We post current opportunities, um, any research internships or clinics, or if any PI on campus has an opening that they like to advertise, and sometimes they make it explicit that they're willing to let students use this as a practicum. That's where I found mine. It was just an application-based internship, and I was this is very early into my career at UC Davis, so I thought even if I couldn't get this um, as a practicum, it'd be very well worth the experience. So I applied, I got in, and right from the beginning, I, I brought it up with my mentor since we have a mentorship program. I was like, hey, um, I have a practicum I need to complete to graduate from UC Davis. Uh, is there any way I can do that here? And they worked it out. It also helped that uh, two other students kind of did a test run of it for me and they completed their practicums there before I did. Mm -hmm. But I was able to work something out in which whatever project I was assigned at the time would become my practicum project. Cool. So could you tell us more about the application process? How many like rounds of application were there? What did you have to submit initially? Did you have to do interviews? How did that whole like process work? Sure. So the first part was a Google form application with, um, you know, submit your resume, tell us about a few experiences. And there are a few situational questions that I had to come up with uh, good answers for. After that, um, as, an, as a member of the admin team now, then they look at all the responses and select a certain amount of students, applicants that they like to give interviews to. And then they give interviews. Um, it was a group style interview, 90 minute interview, very, very long, mm -hmm. uh, pretty taxing for an interview. Those only last 30 minutes, if you didn't know, 30 minutes to an hour mostly. And then, yeah, I, I, I got it. Cool, okay, so there was application and then an interview that was a group style interview. Very cool. Did you use any resources to help you like create the resume or work on your essay drafts or anything? Shameless plug, as the peer mentor for the GDB's, GDB office's first year Aggie connection, you and research, um, I attended that in the fall quarter of my freshman year. So basically three quarters before I applied to research and in that workshop, I mean, in that FIAC, they had workshops where you strengthen your interview skills, where you sharpen up your resume. So that helped a lot in terms of preparing. Even when I didn't know I was ever gonna apply to this, um, I was able to practice honing my resume, practice my interview skills. So that was kind of a very preemptive preparation, not just for this, but in general for applications. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, uh, the ICC, I kind of double checked, like, hey, is this resume looking okay? Cool. Yeah, those are those are the main resources I used this time. Cool. Yeah, the ICC is really good at checking resumes and cover letters and documents like that. You can even just digitally send them a draft and they can send you back uh, revisions. So super quick and easy way to check your resumes. I will speak to uh, my experience as well. So for the developmental psychology lab, I was able to find that position by doing cold emails out to professors. So this was me Googling public health research at UC Davis and finding 
many different departments that were related that were doing work related to public health. So not just the public health sciences department, but human ecology, psychology, nutrition. There are a lot of people in a lot of different departments doing research that's related to social determinants of health and to public health and to health inequalities. So I would definitely recommend, you know, searching beyond just like the public health sciences and um, departments like that. Um, so I did just send an email to my current mentor with my uh, general like interest in their research after looking at their lab website and a copy of my like very first draft of my resume. I was just a first year at this time. Um, so my resume was not like super built out yet, but I sent that and then she got back to me, um, which not all professors did. I would say probably about 50% of the professors that I emailed got back to me, but she asked me to submit like a formal application through her lab website. So I did that. And then I did an interview at the Center for Mind and Brain uh, with the lab manager. And I actually got a tour of the lab and uh, some different questions about just how I would interact with the kids um, because it's a, a child psychology lab. So we do a lot of lab visits with small children and questions like that. And then I was accepted into the lab and I started to work in uh, winter 2020, right before we shut down the whole school. So that was how I got my first position. And then my second position was actually through the GDB newsletter as well. Um, I saw the advertisement for the launch event for the Perinatal Origins of Disparity Center. It was a brand new center on campus my first year. And I attended that launch event. I got some free food and I walked right up to the director of the uh, pod center. And I was like, hi, I'm a freshman. I'm interested in your research. Is there a way that I can get involved? And she's like, yeah, totally. Like send me your, your resume and send me an email. And once we have projects that you can work on, we'll go ahead and get in contact with you. And that kind of led to my second position. So I would say I also use the ICC resume services um, to look over some of my documents, but I would definitely say like UC Davis, just like department websites were really good for helping me find public health related research. Okay, so now I'm gonna hop into the next question. Raf, what does a typical research shift look like for you? It really depends on a day-to-day -day basis. Um, uh, I had different tasks throughout a week. So for example, I am the education officer for the admin team. So on a given day, I might have a class prep meeting if I'm uh, teaching a class that week with whoever I'm co-leading a class with. I might be revising some slides, sending some emails, grading homework, et cetera. On another day, so I'd, I'd say that might be like a like a, a Tuesday or Thursday task. And then Friday when I have a lot of free time or Monday, um, I might be doing data collection. So I have a few studies where I'm just running through a, a patient chart and getting necessary information from it and I might do that for like two or three hours on end sometimes it's emails sometimes it's meetings with the admin team or with research per, uh, personnel so it, it really depends on the day on uh, my my school schedule everyone's availability what kind of tasks are available to me at that time but yeah like I said meetings education stuff or just running through patient charts, doing data collection, and answering to any pertinent communications I might have to address. That makes sense. Um, for me, I work on mainly meta-analysis projects. Um, so that usually looks like me working from home virtually. 
and we use Covidence, which is a meta-analysis software. Um, and for those who don't know, a meta-analysis is kind of a scientific way of conducting a literature search where you're looking, you have a specific question that you're asking, you are finding all of the existing scientific articles related to that question, and then you're going through and pulling out the data related to your question and then doing statistical analysis on those numerical values to see if, they're, um, if you can find an answer to your question based on what's already out there. So you're not doing a, a new study necessarily. You're just looking at, you're doing math with what's, what's already out there. Um, so for me, that looks like going through Covidence and screening articles by their title and abstract, looking at their full text versions um, to pull out the data variables that we are interested in, or doing data extraction. So looking at the data tables and our values and statistical tests and analyses and pulling out those values as well and putting those into an Excel spreadsheet. So it actually looks like a lot of Excel spreadsheet work. Um, I will say that it also looks like answering emails from my research supervisors, meeting with my research supervisors, getting updates on what everybody else is working on in the lab. And um, with the Perinatal Origins and Disparity Center in particular, I'm actually able to do a little bit of clinical research coordination, kind of like a randomized controlled trial um, that we're running where I get to contact medical providers and request labor and delivery data for our patients um, that are enrolled in our trial. So that's been a way that I've been able to help with the randomized controlled trial. So that's been really cool. All right, so my next question is uh, for Raf. What is your relationship with your supervisors like? Do you meet with them regularly or do you work closely with more like residents uh, or grad students? Um, so basically how hands-on are your supervisors? It depends on the project. So I guess for both of them, my PEIs are, have been kind of hands-off because they are attendings and medical practice and they work on like tons of research project piece. My current PI and my PI for my uh, second project, the one I've worked on for the longest time, is uh, Dr. Misty Humphreys, an incredibly talented, intelligent, absolutely amazing uh, vascular surgeon. And she's also one of the busiest people alive. Um, right. Conferences, seeing patients, doing surgeries, being on call, etc. So with all of that, I don't get to interact with her much. but. She somehow knows about not just me, but every student in the program. She knows us by name. If she ever sees us, she'll say hi. And uh, she knows exactly what we're up to. It's kind of insane that she can even know my name, considering I've only seen her a few times. It it's, it blows my mind every time she says, hey, Raph, how's, how's it going? So there's that. But um, as for my residents, it really depends. Um, so. It can go from like my second project where I met with my lead resident every week because she was on her research year. So very easy to just check in. How's data collection going? Any questions? All right, punching, punching, punching. And then right now, um, my lead resident, not to say that my other resident wasn't busy, but she was focused on research tasks the entire year. So it was more me and the project were things she had in her purview all the time. Whereas right now, my lead resident is definitely in the thick of the surgical residency. So not a lot of time and working on quite a few projects as well, splitting his attention between so many different things. So I don't get to see him that often. I met with him maybe once or twice. Um, hopefully I get to see him more often because uh, being frank, my practicum project, the progress is kind of slow, but also word of advice, especially if you're working at the med center or if you're working with very busy people who haven't had the time to get a project set up, especially if you need something like IRB approval, 
or if you're working with outside entities outside of your control, it can get slow. Number one, that's why we we allot for two quarters of GDB 189 because research can be slow. Number two, just be patient, just be persistent. You'll get there eventually. You'll be fine. Cool. For my uh, relationships with my supervisors in my psychology lab, I work under graduate students, so specifically PhD in developmental psychology students. I don't really interface with my PI, my principal investigator, unless I'm in a lab meeting or if I'm at like a lab event. So we'll have like potlucks um, or little parties for like the holidays um, throughout the year. So that's really when I'll see my PI and I'll kind of catch up with her. But for the most part, I work under PhD students. So they are the ones directly in charge of me, holding meetings about my projects and um, who I would be directing emails to. That or the lab manager, um, who's kind of like right under the PI as far as like coordinating undergraduate work. For the pod center, I, I have like way more direct um, connections with my PI and the project scientist at the pod center. So I meet with them weekly to discuss where I'm at with my project. Um, and then in addition to that weekly student meeting with the PIs, I also meet with my project lead, who is still um, a professor and other students. And we talk about like which project we're specifically working on. So I would say I, I meet with my PIs a lot more frequently with the pod center. And generally, you know, across both labs, everyone is super willing to answer any questions that I have as I'm doing my work and willing to give me more, more work if I request a new project or if I bring up my practicum project um, and they're totally willing to brainstorm that with me. Um, so that has been really awesome. All right, so we made it to our last question. Um, Raf, what skills did you acquire during your research experience that could be useful in your future? Um, number one, communication. Absolutely communication. When you're working with so many busy people on sometimes very complex, sometimes uh, time urgent tasks, you need to be very on top of what you're doing. If you have a busy week and be like, hey, I can't do um, a lot of work. Or if something comes up, a snag, uh, be very proactive. Number two is kind of, a lot of people say, um, you know, and this is very true, persevere through difficulty, find a way to solve it, et cetera, push yourself out of your comfort zone. But you have to balance that with being realistic about what your capabilities are, when you need to ask for help, and ultimately, if the project is gonna be able to be completed with the tools that you have. Yes, push yourself out of your comfort zone, but in a project, the project is the end all be all. So acquire the skills, push yourself out of your comfort zone, when appropriate, but be very honest with yourself about when something isn't going completely right and you need help. Um, it's not up to you to figure out how to do everything. Research is a learning experience for everyone involved. And if you're not being able, if you're not able to problem solve and learn on your own, after giving it honest effort, it's totally okay to ask for help. And you'll learn quicker when something, someone is teaching you as well. Awesome. Yeah, I would say um, skills that I've acquired. So direct experience with that Covidence software. Um, so I, I know the ins and outs of how to do a meta-analysis uh, project. And then in addition, the Pod Center really focuses on community participatory based research. So having a community advisory board that is consulted about different projects that we're doing uh, and really working with nonprofits in the Yolo County area that are related to maternal and child health. 
and using our resources to help them and then um, them, you know, being able to do work out in the community and get word back to us about what's important and what's not important to the community members. I would say that that training and, and community participatory research has been really helpful in informing what type of work I want to do in the future. I definitely want to continue using that kind of community-based approach um, and working with local organizations as I pursue a career in public health. So yeah, those are some skills that I would say I've acquired. So thank you so much, Raf, for chatting with me about your research experience. Our students are super excited to hear about these projects and to learn about how to approach research in a large university setting. You can visit gdb.ucdavis.edu to access the rest of the podcasts in this series, or you can find us on Spotify. If you like listening to Practicum Pods and have suggestions for future topics for the pod, please let the GDB staff, advising staff know at gdb-advise at ucdavis.edu. Thank you.